we've now met as a reckless family 34 times, 34 weeks over the course of the year, and it is now all coming to a finish. We are now finishing up the year, and just kind of thinking back, it's been, it's been a really great year. Um, I don't know how long you guys have been involved. Uh, maybe you've been coming for all 34 weeks. Maybe you've had perfect attendance, and you get a gold star at the end of the night or something. Um, maybe you've just been coming for a few weeks. Maybe this is your first week here. Um, maybe you've been kind of hit or miss as the year has gone on. But it really has, in a lot of ways, been a great year. And, um, and just think back from the beginning. I mean, this, this year is the year that we started our Grade Wars competition, right? The first year we've done Grade Wars, kind of gave it a new spin, came up with weird animals and colors and that kind of thing. And, and now we are now going to finish the, the Grade Wars competition later on tonight. Um, at the beginning, at one point in the year, freshmen, you guys had negative points. Negative points. Not only were you in last place, but you were in last place with negative points. And now you are tied for first place, and you have a chance to win grade wars at the end of the night. It's like the ultimate Rocky moment, right? Like that's the, that's the Rocky story right there. It's the freshman the 2021 class. I'm trying to do the math in my head. The 2021 class. Right? That rocky moment, and you guys have a chance to win it all. And uh, we'll see if you guys can, can fulfill that or if you finish second place or something else. Um, so we started that this year. What a difference a year makes. Um, it has, if you think all the way back to our kickoff, we had 585 people here on the first Wednesday night for our kickoff back in August. And, uh, and that was, now we're doing middle school and high school two different nights. So that's not even middle school students. That's high school students and adults. 585 people here on the campus. So over this year, we've seen incredible growth. We've seen more students come than we've ever seen before. I think we were averaging 410 back in the fall, 330 this spring, um, which is kind of typical. You know, spring sports happen and People get busy and things like that. But, uh, but we've seen more students that have shown up here at Reckless than ever before, which has been fun to see. Um, but also, too, it's not just about numbers. We've seen a lot of you guys have, have trusted Christ as your Savior this year. Um, and I'd love to take a moment and like, make all of you stand, but I don't want to embarrass you guys. But I know some of you have made that decision this year. There's others of you that have taken the step and gotten baptized this year, whether on a Sunday morning or the times that we've done it here on a Wednesday night. Um, maybe you're planning to do that at Rush. Maybe you did it last Rush. Um, there's so many of you guys that have taken that step of committing your life to following after Jesus. And how amazing is that? And so I look back, as I stand on night, I, get, I always get nostalgic. I always get like, you know, a little bit weird. And I'm like, man, let's look at the highs and the lows. Let's look at all the, the things that happened and and that kind of thing. And I, I love standing at the end and looking back and seeing all the things that God has done. And I don't even know some of the stories. Like, I don't even know so many of you guys personally, but your small group leaders are able to go, man, I've seen God do this in your life this year. I've watched you take this step. I've watched God change your family. Like, there's so many things that have taken place over the course of the year. And at the end of the day, it's not about reckless. It's not about what we've done. It's not about your small group leader. It is about what God has done. Um, but I do want to take a minute, and I want to recognize a group of people who are committed to you. They're the most committed to you. Um, 
I would say in a lot of ways, uh, maybe more than anybody else in your life. Um, and that's your small group leaders. So I, want, I want to have just a minute for all the small group leaders and coaches, anybody, all of our adult team members to stand. To stand up. Man, I got to say, I, I, love, I love this team of adults that we have um, as part of Reckless. Um, I love, what I love more than anything else is their commitment to you. And I hope, I hope you understand how committed they are to you. Um, we don't pay them money to show up every week, believe it or not. We fed them food tonight. That was like our way of saying thank you, and that's it. Like, we don't, we don't give them stuff. Um, and they commit at the beginning of the year to invest in you and walk through your life and get to know you and help you become more like Jesus. And it's hard work. And, um, and so I'm so thankful for these men and women who, who show up every week to invest in you and who are committed to you. And, and honestly, one of the things that I love so much about it is because I, I had those adults when I was your age. And I realized the impact that they made on my life. And that's why I do what I do now. And so if before you leave tonight, students, I want to ask you to make sure you give the biggest hug you've ever given to your small group leader and tell them thank you um, because they love you and, and they, they are committed to you and, and committed to walking through life with you. Um, but like I said, it's not, it's not about them. It's not about me. It's not about rec- the reckless name. It's not about Westridge Church. It is about God. It is, is about making him known. And so as I think back about the beginning of the year, we started off the year as we do uh, a lot of years. We start off trying to define what we want to be all about. What we want to be known for is reckless. And these statements that we want to be known for, and we said, man, we want to live with purpose this year. We want to live with our God-given purpose. We want to follow and chase after Jesus with everything we've got. We want to show others the same grace that we've been shown by God. We want to grow in Jesus-centered relationships with each other, which is why we value small groups so much. And we want to live in the victory that has been given to us through Jesus' death and resurrection. We're not living out of defeat. We're living in victory that's already been promised to us in the very end of the story. And we get to live in that every single day because of what Jesus has done. And so that's how we started the year off. That's what we said we wanted to be known for. But as you guys know, and as the saying goes, it's not how you start, but how you... It's not how you start, but how you finish. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And so for us tonight, as we're finishing the year at Reckless, as we're finishing our Rise Above series, I think it's appropriate that we're going to look at a statement that Paul made at the end of his life, at the end of 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to look at what it means to finish well. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. And there's just a couple verses that we're really going to read. This This statement that Paul makes that I think is so powerful and so challenging for us um, and where we're at in our journey. So here's what he says in verse 6. He says, As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, 
but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So this is one of the last statements that Paul makes. This Rise Above series has been looking at First, uh, First Timothy and Second Timothy, these two letters that Paul wrote at the tail end of his life. And now we're looking at this last statement that Paul makes. And I don't know exactly when it was written, but he's saying right here, the time of my death is near. So Paul knows that death is imminent, like it's coming for him. He may only have a few weeks or a few months left, but he knows that the end of his story is done, that he is finished. And what an amazing thing that he says. Like, just think about what he is saying in these couple of verses about his life. And how challenging is it us? I, I can't think of a better phrase or better statement that I could make at the end of my life, at the finish line, than what Paul is saying here. That my life has been poured out as an offering to God. That I'm done with my life. Like, my life is over. Death is imminent. And you would think it would be like, man, woe is me. Like, I'm scared to death. I'm not sure what the next thing is going to, you know, that's going to take place. I'm not sure what's going to happen with me. But no, it's all celebration. He's like, I've run the race. I've fought the good fight. I have remained faithful. Like, I don't know what you once said about your life at the end. But for me, that's what I once said about, like, that's what I want to be able to say about my life. Not to look back and go, man, the time of my death is near. Man, I, I wish I'd have done it differently. Man, I, oh gosh, if I could just go back, I would do this, this, and this different. Man, I've got all this, these regrets and these mistakes that I wish I hadn't made. And I've got all these things that I just feel guilt and shame because I, I, my, the death, my death is near. And now I can't go back and, and right those wrongs. But what an amazing thing to be standing at the end when you know you may have just a short time left and to go, God, I've, I've done what you've called me to do. I haven't been perfect. Yeah, I've made mistakes and there's been bumps along the way, but God, I've remained faithful to you. And here's the, the challenge and what I want to spend just the next few minutes just kind of talking about this. Because for you and I, we don't know when the finish line is. We don't have that luxury. And for a lot of us, we may not be able to look and say, hey, death is imminent. We may not know. It may happen suddenly. And we don't know if that's going to be six months from now. We don't know if that's going to be 60 years from now. We have no idea. We don't know when the finish line is. But what we can be sure of is that when we finish, we finish well. And there are things that we can do today and tomorrow and the next day to ensure that whenever that finish line comes, that we can make the same statement that Paul made about his life. And so I want to take just a few minutes as we finish up just by talking about this. And so I want to give you the main point, just kind of comprised of two things that I think that, that we can do in order to make sure that we finish well. And here they are. We can finish well if we determine now what matters most and commit every day to follow Jesus, to follow him. I don't want to overcomplicate it. I, th I think it really can be simple. Like, I think most of us would go, man, I, I don't want to waste my life, right? Who wants to be like, yeah, I feel like I just waste my life. Who really cares? 
I'll spend 60 years and who, who really cares what I accomplish and what I do? Like nobody says that. Nobody's going to be like, no, nah, I'm not really interested in finishing well. All of us want to finish well. We all want to know that at the end of our life, our life mattered. We want to know that it counted for something, that it wasn't wasted. And I really think that in, in its simplicity, it really does come down to these two things. That we determine now what matters most. And we commit every day to following after him. So just take just a couple minutes and break this down. So the first thing was we determine now what matters most. You and I have to come to a decision about what we want to make our life about. And some of you guys haven't made that decision yet. Some of you guys have. Some of you have made that decision and it's the right decision. And some of you have made that decision and it's not the right decision. But it's important not only that we determine what matters most, but that we also make sure that what we value the most is the right thing to value most. And, And so if you determine that friends in your life are what matters most to you, then you're going to prioritize those relationships in your life. Which could be a good thing, right, if you pick your friends wisely. It could also be a really bad thing if your friends determine the course of your life and you follow after them because you, want, you value those friendships and so they lead you down a path that you have no business going down. Or maybe if we say, man, I'm, I'm going to value that guy or that girl and that relationship, like that's going to be the most important thing. And right now you're all snuggling up next to him or her in that chair, right? You're basically sitting, you know, on each other's laps in the same chair or whatever. Um, or maybe they're not even here, but you're thinking, man, that, that's, my, that's my knight in shining armor. Or that's, that's my buttercup. Or I don't know, whatever, whatever phrase you use. I don't know. Did you ever say buttercup? Whatever it is, all right? So you've determined that that relationship with that guy or girl is the most important thing to you. So therefore, that's your priority. And you're going to value that. At least until the moment that relationship comes to an end. Right? And, and probably a lot of us have been there where we thought that that was what mattered most. And then that relationship ends and we go, man, now I've got to reprioritize my whole life. Because I've, I've cut out friends in my life because I didn't value them and I lost them because of this relationship. And I've gotten way off course here because I valued the thing that really wasn't the thing to value. But if you and I determine that Jesus is the thing that matters most, then we're going to prioritize that relationship with him above all else. We're going to center our entire lives and everything that we do around that relationship with, with Jesus. And I'll just say this, the only way to make sure that we truly finish well is to prioritize our relationship with Jesus above everything else. That's the only thing that we won't get to a certain point in the road and realize, you know what, that was a wasted priority. Man, I shouldn't have valued that thing. And so my question to you is, as Paul made that decision, he determined that early on. Right? I mean, if you read in, in Philippians chapter 3, he says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. In other words, he's saying, I don't care about anything else. Like, I've got other priorities, but they, they, they don't matter compared to my love for Jesus. Jesus. 
So he determined early on that that was the thing that I'm going to live for. That was the thing that I'm going to prioritize. And then he centered his whole life around that. So what do you, what do you determine matters most? What is the thing to you that is the top priority? And is that the thing that at the end of it, you're going to be able to look back and say that you finished well because you valued and prioritized that above all else? So we've got to determine what matters most. And then here's the second thing. We commit every day to following him. It really does go hand in hand. Because if, if we stand up and we go, I'm committing my life to Jesus, and he's the thing that matters most to me. And then we just kind of go through life, not reprioritizing our life, not committing to him every single day. Then are we really going to be able to to see that that's the thing that matters most to us, right? In a relationship, if you're like, hey, sweetie, right, buttercup, I love you more than anything else. You're the most important thing to me. I'm prioritizing you, and then you never spend any time with him or her, right? That relationship is going nowhere, and they're going to think you're a fat liar because you told them that you, they mattered most to you, and then you didn't really show that. And so it really does go hand in hand. It's about us determining what matters most. And then it's about committing every single day to following after that. And so in order for a, if you you take the sports analogy, right? So in order for a team at the end of the game for that scoreboard to read the right way and they've got the win, right, at the end of the game, then everybody knows that it's going to take doing a lot of the little things throughout the game. Fulfilling your assignment, making that block, right? Doing the, the, the small things that you're going to need to be in where you're supposed to be on the field when you're supposed to be there, right? Like all of the little details go into the end result of that scoreboard being in the right direction in terms of your team winning the game. It all comes down to those details and you doing the little things. And as a Mets and Redskins fan, Right, for most of my life, like I know that in a in a very sad way. Because I for years, like I've watched my team not do the little things. You're like, seriously, you're a professional team. Like, how could you not do that? And so that's why they've they've been terrible for so many years. Because they haven't done the little things well. And the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God. If we've determined that Jesus matters most, and we want it at the end of our life to look at the end and realize that we finished well, that our life wasn't wasted, then it's going to take us day in and day out committing our life to following after Jesus. It's not just a one-time decision. It's not something that's just going to magically happen. It's something that we're going to have to determine and sometimes make difficult decisions in order to get everything else out of the way so that we can daily commit and prioritize that thing that we value the most. I love what Paul says in verse 6 at the beginning of that. He says, My life has already been poured out as an offering to God. He says, My life has been poured out. In other words, his life was not about him. He prioritized the right thing. His daily commitment to following after Jesus ahead of himself is what at the end of his life caused him to be able to look back and say, I finished well. 
And that was a theme throughout Paul's life. If you look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. There is that daily commitment. Every step has purpose to it. Every step matters. Every decision matters. Day in and day out. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I feel that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So Paul understood, if I don't do those daily things every single day, then at the end of my life, I might look back with regret and feel like I'm disqualified from the race. So it really does take that daily commitment day in and day out. And here's the thing that I think we've got to realize. Us following after Jesus is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And sometimes some of us get caught into this like, hey, I'll follow after Jesus like for a certain period of time. Right? Just for a season or when it's convenient for me or, man, just at rush or just for the few weeks after rush. Right? Or just when all my friends are doing it. Right? And so in our minds, like the Christian life and the race that we're running is a sprint. But it's not. It's a marathon. The goal is for us to follow Jesus every single day for the rest of our lives. And you may find out that you've, your, your days are short. You may find that you've, you've got a lot of time left. But you don't know that. And so the mindset is, God, with every day that I've got left, I'm going to chase after you. So how can you and I do that in those daily decisions that we make? I think it starts with us getting up every day and re- making that commitment all over again. Right? If you have to think through, when was the last time that I committed my life to Jesus? Or, or that, this day to Jesus? And you're thinking, man, it was last rush, or you know, eight months ago, or three years ago. Man, that's something that I've learned to get up every day and go, God, I'm renewing that commitment all over again. God, yesterday was yours, today is yours. And God, when I wake up tomorrow, if you allow me to have breath in my lungs, tomorrow's going to be yours too. That we just, it's a good reminder for us every day to say, God, today is yours too. And so God, recalibrate my thinking. God, help me to set the right priorities. Help me to make those little decisions all throughout the day to value that relationship with you, to make sure that you're my focus, that you're my priority. Right? It helps us, it helps remind ourselves of that daily commitment to follow after Jesus. There may be some other things that you've got to do in order to make that commitment. Maybe it's a, you, you learning to spend time with God. Maybe you never pick up your Bible. Maybe you've never spent any time doing that. And this would be an opportunity for you to do that. Maybe you do it a couple days a week. And so, you know, maybe the, the goal is, God, in this, you know, next season, I want to be able to spend every day with you. Maybe you don't have that rhythm in your life now. And so the goal is just start small. Like, God, I want a, a couple days this week. I want to spend time with you. Because I value you and I want my life to count and matter for your glory. It may mean you're, you're making difficult decisions about friends that are in your life. And you may have to cut out those negative influences that are pulling you off track and away from who God's called you to be. And you've got to decide, do those friends matter most? Or does my relationship with Jesus matter most? 
and then you make decisions. If Jesus matters most, then how can I make sure that I eliminate those distractions so that I can focus and follow after him? It really does come down to those daily decisions we make day in and day out. I want to, um, just for sake of time, want to want to close with this story. I uh, have a, a really good friend of mine who uh, recently called me up, and and I'll be honest, he's he's made a complete mess of his life. Um, he's walked out on his on his wife and his kids. He um, kind of hooked up with his other lady, moved to another state. She had kids, like just a, a total mess. Um, got addicted to drugs and alcohol, and and literally has just hit rock bottom. And, and recently he called me up and he's, you know, with tears in his eyes, just at a place where he's like, I never envisioned that I would be here. And he said, dude, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to get my life straightened out, but I have no idea how to do it. And I just remember telling him, I'm like, bro, let me just tell you, you didn't, you didn't get here overnight and you're not going to get out of it overnight. Like, nobody just all of a sudden snaps their fingers and their life is in the toilet. It's made up of those daily decisions that we make. And a lot of wrong decisions that we make, we value the wrong things, we focus on the wrong things. And the end result, we get to a place that we never thought we were going to end up and we're filled with regret and shame and wishing that we could turn things around. But the same is true in terms of our walk with Jesus. Is that we're not going to get there overnight. You're not going to be able to magically snap your fingers and go, I've lived my life for God's glory and I've done everything he's asked me to do and I've run the race and I've fought the fight. Like it's going to be made up of those decisions that you make every single day. And here's the great news about who Jesus is. If you've messed it up, God's grace is sufficient. You may have messed it up yesterday. Tomorrow's a new day. And so you get up and you recommit. God, yesterday I made a mess. But today, God, I'm recommitting my life to you. You are what matters most. And so, God, help me today to make those decisions that are going to back up my, what I say matters most to me. And the great news is, is that if you've never started, you can start today. Or if you've gotten off track, then you can start today. And recalibrate and refocus on what matters most. So that at the end of your life, you're not standing there going, I wish I had done things differently. My life verse is a statement that Paul made in Philippians 1, 20 and 21. Here's what he says. He says, I expect and hope that I will not fail Christ in anything, but that I will have the courage to show the greatness of Christ in my life here on earth, whether I live or die. And I love, that is a statement about what matters most that I will not fail you, Jesus, that I will put you at the centerpiece, that I will focus and center my life around you because you are what matters most. And whether I live or die, whatever it costs me, God, I'm chasing after you because you are, you are the thing that has my heart. And the fact that Paul made this statement earlier in his life shows that he was committed to this. And at the end of his life, he was able to look back and to be able to say, God, I ran the race and I fought the fight and I've remained faithful. 
And the same opportunity stands before us. I want to just take a minute as, as the band comes out as we close tonight. This whole series has been about rise above. How do we rise above the distractions? How do we rise above the temptations of this world? How do we rise above all those other things that get in the way? How can we value our relationship with God and live out our God-given purpose and identity? And I want to give, as we close out this year, just give an opportunity for any of you, maybe for the first time, maybe it's just a commitment that you're making all over again. But just to say, God, for me, I've determined what matters most. And you're it. God, I want to rise above. God, I don't want to be caught up in the things of this world. I don't want to value what doesn't need to be valued. God, I want to live out the calling that you've, that you've put on my heart. God, I want to chase after you. God, I want to finish well. Jesus, I want to run the race. I want to fight the fight. God, I want to remain faithful to you. And whenever that finish comes, God, I want to finish well. And if that's a statement that you want to make tonight, whether for the first time or just all over again, just as a daily statement, I'm just going to ask that you stand to your feet. As reckless as people that just say, this is who I am. I've determined that Jesus matters most and I want to center my life around him. He's the thing that I'm after. And whether it's small group leaders, whether it's students in the room, all of us, if we've determined that that's, that's what matters most, we're not doing it because our friend's standing up. We're not doing it because anybody else is doing it. We're doing it because in our heart, that's what we value. That's what matters most to us. And we're saying, God, everything that I do, to the best of my ability, by the grace and strength of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me, God, I want to value you. I want to walk the way that you've called me to walk. You are the thing that matters most. And again, this is a statement not that you're making on behalf of somebody. This is you. Like with, with, with God understanding and seeing the, the commitments that we're making and knowing that it's up to us daily to walk with God. But just as a commitment, at least to say, God, for the first part of that, I've determined that you matter most to me. And I want to chase after you. And my prayer is that we look around this room that God is raising up an army of high school students who are counting the cost and who are determining that Jesus is the thing that matters most. And whether I live or die, whatever it costs me, whatever friends I lose, whatever my future holds, God, whatever country you may call me to, whatever purposes you fulfill in my life, God, whatever, it's not about me, it's about you because I've counted the cost and Jesus, I want to chase after you. God, I thank you for the commitments for the students and leaders in this room. God, I thank you for the example that Paul gave us to count the cost, to look at the end of his life and say, I've run the race. I've finished well. God, may we be at the end of our life, however much time we've got, when we cross that finish line, may we be able to say the same thing. And God, not so that we can pat ourselves on the back, not so that we get some kind of glory or recognition, not so that, that we get praise from human beings, but God, so that you are glorified in us. 
God, would you help us to rise above? God, over this summer, would you help us to rise above? God, over this next school year, would you help us to rise above? God, as these seniors go off to college or the next thing, would you help them to rise above? God, may you allow us to live out the purposes that you've birthed in us, that you've made possible because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And God, may we commit to you day in and day out to following after you. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.